Welcome to this podcast series on neo-charismatic leadership with author, leadership expert and coach, Dr. Gada Angawi and executive leader, Martin Headley, where they will both explore the recently published book, Neo-Charismatic Leadership and the coaching topics it covers. Gada, in our normal everyday conversations, we usually talk about a person who inspires others or who may be iconic in how they attract attention and gather followers as charismatic. I'm wondering, how does that fit with leadership and neo-charisma? Charisma was identified in the literature of leadership as something that impressed people, a supernatural power uh, that is endowed, that specific people have it. Not everyone is charismatic. And this is just in our normal day in and day out life. You meet people that are charismatic. Uh, you meet people that, you know, gather the crowds, put on a show, speak in a specific way that everybody turns heads. And, uh, and then it was part of leadership literature that charismatic leadership did the same thing, but they did it in organizations and they did it to gather people around them and to, and to conquer wars and over the history of humanity, specific characters were identified as charismatic. But what is the origin of the word? The word is uh, from Greek and it means charisma. It's a gift of God. And um, is that something that can define leadership. Because if if you limit us to this definition um, in leadership theories and and literature, you really get nowhere with it. It doesn't help us select leaders, develop leaders, coach leaders. Uh, It can probably help in explaining why some people are leaders and others are not. But this is, again, is limiting because it tells us that uh, leadership is only Uh, limited to specific category of people. And this falls under the trait theory in leadership. Traits and character in itself does not help us develop leaders or, or become leaders, in other words. And nevertheless, it is seen as heroic and above normal. Still, some people from old school think that leaders are born are not made. And and you can see this in in people's debate about leadership. You go sometimes on forums online and people still asking this question, are leaders born or made? We're over that already in leadership research over the past century. And we're past that stage where we explain leaders as being born or charismatic. So this is exactly a, a dilemma. We need to find a way to explain leadership other than charisma itself. And this is why new charisma is totally a different animal. It is not what people think. When people read the word new charisma, they think it is the same old charisma, but with a different taste. But that's not it. Yes, indeed. I don't know, Martin, about you and your experience. Have you been with charismatic leaders in that sense? Were you impressed with them? What was your perception on leadership as you were moving in your own career? Well, it's an interesting looking back on my understanding of leadership because so much of what you're saying is now beginning to make great sense to me. It was in my mid-career some 30 years ago, I think, that uh, I first started to realize that there were some people that were mentoring me and I started to appreciate it, which is very good. But 
they were actually mentoring me to be a leader. And it took me a while to realize that. Mm. So, you know, what, what is the difference? When I first thought about leadership, there was an assumption, and this is not an educated assumption, it was just growing up, <laughs> okay. that leaders were something special, that you'd really have to be something special to be a leader. And because you're not one, you don't, uh, you know, you don't really think that you can be. Mm. And then all of a sudden, somebody gives you permission. And what happened in my mid-30s was uh, it was actually a manager of mine, although some of the leaders that I refer to were outside of work. But a manager said to me, you know, why don't you lead? Mm. And of course, that question hit me yeah. <laughs> like a ton of bricks. <laughs> um, so I started to think, okay, I've got people inside and outside of work that are coaching me towards something. What is it? Mm -hmm. And it then dawned on me that they were, they had seen something in me and they wanted to develop my leadership traits. Yeah. Wow. Now, when, when this happened, this was about five years, even before corporate America started to talk about leadership programs yeah. as a, as a regular item. Mm. So nobody really knew about it and I was just discovering it. Um, and as I say, it was probably in my late thirties when the corporate America decided to start doing these leadership programs and I went through one, you know, and I, I suddenly realized, okay, this is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm being coached for. Yeah. So then I went back to think about all of the people that I had thought of as being great leaders. And I realized a lot of it was marketing. Mm. Um, they weren't that great. They were just famous. Yeah. And to me, that made no difference whatsoever. Oh yes. I could read a book. Um, I could agree with some of the things that were being said, but you know, it really didn't have a, a, a an impact on me. Yeah. But these individuals that I'm talking about, uh, some of my managers and, and some of my mentors from outside, they started to take an interest in me, and that was beginning to cause a change in me. Mm. So I think the answer is, you know, a, a near charismatic leader, as you're describing them, is probably somebody who recognizes the ability to lead in somebody else and they just get going. They just volunteer their time. They just start you off. Yeah. And the bottom line is it made me feel really, really good. You know, it made me feel cared for and nurtured. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm reflecting on what you've just said. It is a pity that a lot of young people uh, are not raised and nurtured to become leaders until some point in their life, someone tells them, why don't you lead? And then they look around and see, why don't I lead? Am I a leader? And their perception is leaders are somewhere up there. It's not them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow they're already there. <laughs> yeah. But it, it did make you feel good and there was an impact on you. And that is the most important part of it. Yes. I, I would say that um, none of these mentors I'm talking about that I, you know, I could remember were what you might consider to be charismatic. Mm. So, you know, what, what do I think of as charismatic? Okay. The, as you described, you know, they, they could draw a crowd. Everybody would come around uh, and listen to them uh, almost like a show. Yeah. Okay. And the people that were affecting me, that were changing me, they, it wasn't a show. It was absolutely genuine. And what I found was they could motivate me yeah. um, to perform for the better. And they would challenge me and they would stretch my efforts. And when I said things like, oh, I don't know if I can do that, 
they would simply say, well, if you don't try, you'll never know. And things like that. Yeah. But these may only be snippets. That may only be a phrase. But to a young mind that is thinking, oh, maybe I could do this. That's all you need. It's a catalyst for change. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have experience working with a number of leaders. And one of the things that sticks out is that there is this selfless volunteering of mentoring and development from them. And I think what really impacted me was if you're going to be a great leader, a great leader develops other great leaders. Yeah, that's exactly what leaders are in the new charismatic category do, which we will explore later. I'm really intrigued of the concept of growing leaders and and making others as great as you are. So in your experience, the two leaders that were genuinely there for you, nurturing you, what, what is it that about them that stuck in your memory other than impacting you by themselves? What is there? Tell me more. Okay. Well, I'm glad to say now I'm in the later part of my career. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you the answer. There definitely is something different between the two leaders that I think of more than any other. Mm. And it is you know, not only that they engaged me in a mission, which of course, you know, all of the leaders that I've worked with have done, and not only did they make me feel better, but they actually changed me in the process. And I think that's absolutely fundamental. Who I am today has a lot to do with the time and effort these two put into developing me. Mm. And it's probably why I'm happy to pass that on and, and try and develop others around the world now. The key thing to remember here is in following these two leaders, I was myself transformed. Yeah. Wow. Um, this is excellent because now you're helping me describe the difference between charisma and neo-charisma. <laughs> okay. Well, I, that's <laughs> wow. good because, yeah. um, you know, I'm gathering from your research, Gada, that uh, neo-charisma is in fact a different way of looking at charisma. And Perhaps that's what I experienced and thankfully what shaped me in my future in mid-career. Yeah, you're still influential. You're still working with leaders. Um, I know your work and I know what you do. This is good, really. The influence is at the core of leadership. I mean, it's not about the number of followers, rather the number of people you influence their lives. So uh, followers can can be attracted to any kind of um, show that you put on and people just walk there and they want to watch the show. But are they really influenced and changed by who you are? Neo-charismatic leadership does that. This is what really makes the difference between different leadership styles. You know, over the history of leadership research, there has been different uh, schools of thoughts and, and directions uh, that wanted to explain leadership. And some of them were about how leaders relate to people and others were about how leaders achieve tasks. And, and, and these two paradigms were constantly um, being explored and looked at by different uh, researchers. So this is one idea of what they achieve and how do they relate to people. Yes. And then, okay. then there's the other idea that came out of that, which is, is it about achieving goals or is it about achieving purpose? Ah, critical. Yes. Yeah, very critical because anyone really can tick off the boxes and say, yeah, by the end of this year, we're going to have this and that, sales or profit. But then can they really achieve the purpose of why this organization existed in the first place? 
What does it serve? And how does it make people's lives different? And does it impact the environment? Does it help sustain the economy? Is it part of the world economy? Does it help people in other parts of the world survive and live and prosper? These are concepts that weren't there when we were exploring the idea of goals, tasks, and uh, relationships uh, in, in the workplace, which is ideally why leadership research came. We wanted to see what's happening in the workplace so that we can grow leaders and improve, improve leadership and originally differentiate between leadership and management. Yes, indeed. Which is very process-oriented. But there is a difference. And from there, the two branches grew out and, and diverted from, from each other. And hence, now you have leadership research and then you have management research. But that's not our topic. But then we come back again to the idea of leadership. So purpose led us to the idea of values in the workplace. And uh, how do you influence people and back again to relationships? Is it because you talk to them about something in a nice way? Or is it you are um, synchronizing your values with their values in a way that touches their lives and transcends them to, to somewhere where they aspire to be in, inside their hearts? So it's really talking to their hearts and emotions rather than talking to them nicely and politely. Yes, yes, I, I can see that in, in the two leaders I mentioned that, that stuck out for me. It was, uh, it was their relentless pursuit of a higher standard, a higher goal. Mm. Profit was never even mentioned by, by these two. Although the projects that I was involved in were quite profitable in the long run, um, that's, that was never the purpose. And I think that makes a big difference. It does. So if, if a goal is not defined as a noble goal, uh, there is no purpose that relates to the objectives that we want to achieve this year from this business, people don't feel motivated or inspired enough. And it's a, it's a secret. It's, it's an important secret of neo-charismatic leadership, the motivational part, touching these values. But it's not that you don't achieve the objectives. It is by mobilizing people in this way that you achieve the objectives, the business objectives. Leadership books explain leadership and how they work, running between these issues, goals, purpose, leaders, followers, influence, mobility. From your experience, Martin, what do you think? How does this sit with you? Yes, my, my experience certainly is... Um that we're actually responding to a different type of leadership these days. As I mentioned, you know, leadership was not an everyday subject when I was in my mid-career. And maybe it has got something to do with the uh, the very public and internationally known crises. Mm. So I think back to 19, um, the 1980s and we had the Bhopal gas leak in India. Uh, we then had the Enron and WorldCom bankruptcies. You know, we, we've had a lot of very serious um, mm. failures of governance, if you like, where leaders have fallen down horribly. And everybody knows about it within hours because of the internet and, and the way we communicate. So if you are chasing the wrong kind of vision, um, or if you're chasing the right vision, but for the wrong reason, uh, then you're going, you're going to get found out. Mm. And, you know, I think that it's got a lot to do with, um, the emergence of the, the youngest generations as they're beginning to come up into adulthood. Um, the concept of ethical leadership is now 
beginning to define itself, and especially through our youngest two generations, I'm very happy to say. Yeah, the idea of leadership as well was over the years to become the norm. You hear not only about developing leaders on the workplace, but also in schools. Leadership is a phenomenon. Yes. Children are taught about leadership. They're told they can lead this team or that project. And they're actually investigating the qualities of a good leader. So to confirm what you've just said, young kids from very early age are taught about ethical leadership and what it means to be part of the community. And then they move into adulthood, universities. There's leadership talk over there. There is projects, opportunities to lead within the universities. And then they move into life and the workplace and they expect yes. that this is fulfilled. But then the picture gets dark because they discover that the previous generation, more about achieving of the objectives of the business. And rarely, rarely they talk about the vision, although it's on the walls and the purpose is mm -hmm. there. But there is a gap between the purpose and the and, and vision and between the practice. But this is where I started thinking about new charismatic leadership. I was looking for these models. Why are some people so effective, so influential, so touching people's lives and, and changing the culture of the workplace? And others, they're just there. They come and go. They leave nothing behind. They do nothing. They change nothing. And nobody mentions them after they leave. You know, it's done. It's not like they did their term and they left. So what's the difference between the two? You know, that was an intriguing question in my, yes. in my mind. It, it is um, a, a very intriguing question. And for those uh, listening, here's an idea that uh, will actually stick with you, I think, through the series of podcasts. Why don't you take a few moments to think about all the people that you consider leaders? Just make a list. And, uh, you know, depending on how long you've been in, in the work environment uh, or the community environment, you know, that list may be longer or shorter for each of us. But reflect on that list for a while uh, and then make sure it's complete. Once you've done that, go back and place a star or some other identifier against those who you believe have influenced you personally, basically influenced who you are today. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. This is a great idea. Listeners would be able to see who has influenced them, who is a new charismatic leader, and do they fulfill all these behavioral goals we're going to talk about in the coming episodes. What defines leadership? The followers define leadership, not the leaders define themselves. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, as a leader, your interest in something for which others see as having high ethical standards and your willingness to take people forward is becoming the leadership style of the future. And that, that brings me to the big question. Gada, how do we define neo-charismatic leadership? Yeah, I think this, uh, this is an episode of its own, but let, let me wrap this episode by defining it quickly. Uh, my definition of new charismatic leadership is it is a sequence of behavioral roles that influence followers and reflect an idealized unique vision through altruism and ethical standards. Wow. Okay. So behavioral roles, influencing followers, idealized unique vision, and altruism and ethical standards. Yep. I feel there's a lot to explain here. So let's unpack that in the next episode, shall sure, we? Sure. Thank you. We'll do that. Okay. Surely. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Gada and Martin. Hope you enjoyed this episode. There is more information available at neocharismaticleadership.org. And if you would like to discuss coaching or training for yourself or your team, you can contact Garda and Martin through the website. We look forward to your participation next week. Until then, goodbye.